Hello, this is Sandra Hindman, founder and president of Les Enlumineurs. We specialize in manuscripts, miniatures, historic jewelry, and other small-scale works of art from the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. Welcome, and please enjoy today's podcast. I'm uh, Helen Allen. I'm the executive director of The Winter Show, and I am delighted to be invited to be celebrating Liz and Lumineur's 10th anniversary exhibition in New York with the gallery's founding director, uh, Sandra Heinemann. And so we're going to take a few moments to learn a little bit more about the history of the gallery, both in Paris, Chicago, and New York. So, Sandra. Hi, Helen. It's great of you to come. Um, I'm delighted. Yes, here we are. Um, after 10 years, it seems like yesterday. So when we opened um, 10 years ago, we had a show called um, 12 Books of Hours for 2012. So we thought we'd do 10 manuscripts, 10 exceptional manuscripts for 10 years. That's, I think it's wonderful. And I've had a chance to look at the exhibition and it is really spectacular. I encourage anyone listening to this to make sure that they come to 73rd Street to see the show. So you've opened spaces in Paris and Chicago. You've been there since what, the 91? 91 in Paris, yes. That's incredible. And then shortly thereafter in Chicago. Right. And you always made sure that you had a presence here in New York by doing things like the winter show and other fairs. But what made you decide to open the gallery here in New York? Well, I never intended to open in New York. I mean, at all. And I did a show in this very building where we are on 23 East 73rd with Armin Kunst of CJ Burner. And we did a show together and he was on the third floor. He has since moved downtown. And there was another gallery on the seventh floor. And I visited that gallery and I just fell in love with the space. And I said to them, if you ever leave, I want this. And three years later, they came up to me at the Biennale in Florence and said, we're leaving. And I said, I'll take it. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's kismet. It's meant to be, right? right? That's right. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So we are now obviously, hopefully, coming out of the tail end of what has been a very challenging few years uh, during the pandemic. Um, and I know it's been challenging for the art world in general, for museums, for galleries, for all of our colleagues. Uh, what would you say what were some of the biggest challenges you faced in, in your various uh, gallery spaces, Chicago, Paris, and New York? And, and what, what, where do you see us going now? Where do you see this well, evolving? Yeah, that's a great question because, of course, you know, no one quite knows yet what post-pandemic is going to bring. I mean, the challenges for the spaces were, I mean, we were basically closed. We saw almost nobody for two years in New York. Same thing, Paris. Paris people worked remotely. Um, New York, we were maybe open a half a day a week. We did almost everything on Zoom. We developed many, many, many. Uh, we had a big digital footprint, which we have maintained. And that's a great thing about the, pa the pandemic. I think everyone has found that Zoom is their new best friend. But, um, yes, I mean, we had 
eight years before the pandemic were wonderful in New York. We met so many clients, new clients. We worked with old clients. I like to say people might buy in auctions in London, but they sleep in their beds in New York and they're around the corner from our gallery, as they are from the Armory for the winter show. I think people say that about the Armory and its shows too. So um, this show is kind of, uh, this whole year is sort of an experiment for us. Will the same people and new people come back to gallery spaces? Friends of mine in London tell me that nobody has a gallery anymore. That's not quite true. And it's not true of New York either. Um, I've been to spaces that are open in New York and they have people in and they're having exhibitions. But for us, I mean, we'll see. We've planned a year of really exciting and unusual shows to try to you know, bring people in and see what will happen here. Well, we're very excited that you're allowing us to bring in some of our guests for uh, for a private viewing tonight. So this is great. Now, you touched on this when we began our talk, but you were saying that the theme behind the exhibition is 10 exceptional manuscripts to celebrate 10 years in New York. Can you maybe just briefly touch on two or three that why those pieces? Well, these are exceptional manuscripts. Most of them have no auction history. They're from private collections that have, and have not been looked at for years, in many cases, decades. Um, if I were to pick one or two, well, one of them is called um, The Fountain of All Science. And it's, I think, the earliest manuscript in this show here. It dates about 1300. It's just dripping with gold leaf. I mean, the gold is so thick on it. And it's got, it was kind of the every man's guide to science in the 13th century, although it certainly every man couldn't have afforded it since it's so richly illuminated. But it has 600 and some questions like, um, how do fish sleep? Why don't these stars fall out of the sky? What language did God speak when he named all those animals? Where does fire go? And we've exhibited on uh, for this exhibit tonight, will there always be war? So that's sadly, what just, we can attest to that yeah, one. <laughs> sadly, we don't need this book to answer that question. And then I have another one here that is has 124 full-page watercolor drawings. It's from the Danau Eschingen Collection, famous noble library, centuries, centuries old. And it um, shows equipment for warfare, um, how to scale castle walls, how to cross streams to get to the castle. It even has a bathhouse that you can, like, take a break from um, war and go into the bathhouse. And it has some war machinery that um, drawings that predate Leonardo's inventions. And recent work suggests that Leonardo knew maybe not this copy, but a copy of this manuscript. So those are two really exceptional things that are here for this show. But we also borrowed four manuscripts from clients to whom we sold them over the last 10 years to sort of show a little bit about some of the exhibits we've had and um, how what we've done here. It's wonderful. When you're talking about clients and, and for these some of these exceptional manuscripts that you're talking about, do 
do you find that these very rare and magnificent ones, although you represent always wonderful material, but for something like this, do you imagine that it will go into a private collection or do you think it's a public collection or we don't know yet? We don't know. I mean, I sell to every major museum. There are private clients too. Um, I mean, people often think they're only museums for um, high profile items, but no, there are private significant private collectors too. It's a small niche market, but it's global. You began, right, as a, as a professor. Yes, I was a professor. I mean, I'm still a professor emerita, but I was a professor for many years, decades, first at Baltimore, Johns Hopkins, then at Northwestern. I taught medieval manuscripts, big surprise. Um, so yes. What made you decide to become a dealer rather than just a scholar? Well, I often say to people, I'm still both, you know. Um, well, you are. You're the foremost scholar. But, I mean, what, what made no, you no, decide course, to go into, the, into the, the market? Well, um, back then, it might not be as true now. Um, most dealers in many fields outsource their expertise. And so I was um, hired while I was a professor to do the expertise for a dealer who's now unfortunately deceased of medieval manuscripts. And so I described his manuscripts for him. And then I told him what manuscripts to buy and what sales. And then I found him clients. And then I started a limited partnership for him. And finally, I just like, well, I think maybe I'd like to do this for myself. Um, And that's a kind of very abbreviated version of what happened. It's wonderful. And you have such a great team that works with you that's so passionate about the work as well. Have you, uh, I guess you, in a way you get to continue being a professor and imparting your knowledge and sharing your, your, your wealth of information with your colleagues? Yeah. Um, how perceptive of you. Yes. I mean, I, I often have said that, you know, one of the most difficult things for me in leaving um, the teaching world was leaving my graduate students. And yes, now I have young people um, who are, I mean, they work with me, but they're like having students. Um, so, and we have internship programs in Paris and New York and Chicago. Uh, that's also a form of learning and tutorship. That's wonderful. Well, we're sitting here in your beautiful New York gallery, and I wonder, you know, what do you have an idea of what you what you want for the New York space in comparison with your other shows? Do you, do you have an idea? You said you've got all these great exhibitions planned for the upcoming year to celebrate 10 years, but what, what are you, what are you looking forward to most? We've always done more events in New York than any, in any of the other spaces. I mean, this week alone, we have five events because it's jewelry week. So we have four different um, jewelry uh, talks um, and we've had visitors from that sphere, too. And um, then we have an event um, that Helen has kindly organized um, uh, in conjunction with the winter show. And so I think we'll continue to try to have, we had a Grolier Club event two weeks ago. We'll continue to have, we're hosting a, a London dealer in January. Um, we're hosting Sam Fogg for an old master drawing show. So I think we'll continue to try to use the gallery for interesting and exciting events that are outreach 
that go with all of our Zoom outreach, which we continue to do. I was I was interested in your your most recent exhibition before the ten year anniversary. You also uh, brought in your archive exhibition, I should call it. You brought in archive fever. Archive yes. fever. You brought in phenomenal contemporary works. Are you finding by that that were that are uh, represented with artists that are represented by other dealers? Are you finding that you're enjoying this idea of collaboration and kind of working with other dealers as, as you are with your collectors on, on the manuscripts here, but in terms of doing collaborations with mixed contemporary and medieval, is that something that you hope to continue? Yes, we do hope to continue that. Um, we don't, I don't know exactly what form it will take, but uh, we have found that there's a lot of crossover now in the art world in general. Um, you probably found that too with the winter show. Yes. Um, and there's actually um, more crossover, I think, in my field, medieval, with contemporary than there is with, say, old masters. Um, I don't know if that's like really the gospel truth, but it seems to me that that's true. And so, uh, and I'm interested anyway in contemporary art. I collect a little myself. So yes, we hope to collaborate in various ways. As we're sitting here and I'm thinking about, you have the ability to kind of be in three different major uh, marketplaces, which is just wonderful. Can you tell us all a little bit about the differences? I mean, you said that you do more events in New York, but in terms of the marketplace, Paris, Chicago, New York, what, what, are you, what do you see as the primary differences? What a hard question. Um, I mean, we're in Paris partly because I'm a medievalist and you have to be in Europe to buy. And we do events in Paris too, but they tend to be, to revolve more around institutions not entirely. I mean, we're trying to collaborate there, too. We just did an event called In the Frame with a very important frame gallery, Gallery Montanari in Paris. Um, I, I think that New York is just a more vibrant art world. People say that Paris is going to become more vibrant now that there's Brexit. Um, but I just think New York is the most vibrant city, except maybe Seoul, Korea. <laughs> <laughs> that I have been in over the last 30 years for the art world. Well, and you just did, you just did Freeze and Soul, which is fantastic. That sounded like a wonderful experience. Um, I know you're still waiting on, on a, on a little find that you, that you, that you picked up there, but um, talking about art fairs. The winter show the is winter coming show. up. It is coming up. And you've been with us since the late 90s, I believe, haven't you? You know, I didn't look up the dates before this, but I was trying to remember. And I think it's really the early 90s. Early 90s. The first show I ever did was the San Francisco Fall Antique Show, because the man who ran the show or one of the um, donors of the show walked into my Paris gallery the first month I opened and said, this is cool. Why don't you come to San Francisco next month? We have a tiny little space open, but you have tiny things. And I said, sure, why not? And so and I opened in 91. So that must have been in 91. And not that year, but the next year when I was moved to a slightly larger space in San Francisco, Joan Mervis, who is a dealer in Japanese prints and now pottery, 
was doing that show and she came to my booth in San Francisco and said, this would be perfect for the winter show. I'm involved on the board or the dealers committee or something. Why don't you come? I think we have a tiny little space left and it's in three months. And so I said, sure, that sounds great. And I think it must be in 94. And we, we took a break of, I can't remember, two or three years. But apart from that, we've done it for, you know, really a lot of years. So you've always had, even prior to having your gallery space, you've always made sure that you've had a presence in New York. You also do, I believe, the Antiquarian Book right. Show. We do the Antiquarian Book Fair. And and, uh, and off we've done. We did off not the May show. We did the October off mm-hmm. when they were here. And, yeah, and like I mentioned earlier, we did do these exhibitions with C.J. Burner. Mm-hmm. I think we did two with him. So, I mean, I was always aware that New York was a very important market. And we kind of meticulously track our shows, like who did we meet? How much did we sell? What kinds of things did we sell? I mean, we're very meticulous about it. And um, the winter show used to come in at the top of the list, met met more people, um, sold more things. I mean, all fairs differ and they change over time. But the winter show has been very important to us. And well, you're very important to us, so we're thrilled that you're going to be coming back in 2023. Yes, and we're so glad to be back in the armory. I know oh, we are too. We are yes. too. It was. It, it's been. It's been. A, it's been a few years. <laughs> but I think one of the things about the winter show, and we talked about this a little bit with you know um, cross collecting. Um, when I came into the winter show, I mean there was Joan Mervis and Oriental and. Um, uh, me, but it was largely an Americana show still. And over the years, I mean, the winter show has become, a, you know, a very diverse show, which I mean, I think has been good for it. I don't know. You probably know. Uh, I, I think it has been good for it. I mean, I think that I think that the show grows as do our, our dealer base, as do our clients. Um, and we continue to evolve both in response to the market shifts, um, but also to to be more indicative of, in a way, of New York, which is a truly international city. So we're we're thrilled. This year we're going to be having our first South American dealers with us. We've got some dealers coming in from from Italy. Um, So we're we're constantly expanding and and very excited, but we're thrilled that you're going to be returning. Yeah, it's a great week in New York, or two weeks, too, um, with other events like Old Master Drawings Week that is then, Bibliography Week is then, too, so the Grolier. I didn't even know about Bibliography Week. I knew about Americana Week. No, no, it's it's Bibliography Week, too, so it's all the national and international events that take place at the Grolier Club. That's fantastic. Well, now I need to reach out to them and see how we can kind of help promote one another. But listen, thank you so much for having us into the space. We're really excited to have our uh, our friends joining us tonight here and having you share uh, bits about the both the uh, these exquisite manuscripts as well as some of the jewelry. And um, I hope everyone listening will come and see the show. It's it's really spectacular. Thank you so much, Helen. This was fun and. I'm really looking forward to the next 10 years in New York. I I hope. 
Absolutely. This has been a Les Enluminures podcast. Visit our exhibition in New York, which runs through December 21st. You can reach us online through our website, lesenluminures.com, or through Twitter and Instagram at Les Enluminures. You are always welcome to visit one of our galleries in Paris, New York, or Chicago during our exhibitions, or to make an appointment with one of our specialists. Thanks for listening.